you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer this is affordable interior design the podcast here's your host betsy Hellman. so great to be back with you again i made a huge mistake guys big mistake okay so i'm giving birth in two weeks and you know a while ago my kids well only one of them my son's always been very upset that I am having another baby. He's 12. This baby's room is going to be next to his room. He just doesn't want this baby, never has, never does, over it, doesn't want to talk about it. My daughter was very enthusiastic. The first day she was upset and wouldn't talk to me and slammed the door. She's 10. And over time, she got really excited. And when she was really excited, I wanted to capitalize on that momentum. I wanted to do things that would make her even more excited because I really loved the buy-in and it was a nice way to have somebody sort of on my side. And so she wanted to have a party. Somebody told her about baby showers. She's like, are we going to have a baby party? And I said, sure, we'll have a baby party. Ah, big mistake. So we decided to plan a baby party. Sounds fun. Sounds good. The problem is that, you know, things were really busy this summer. And I was sick originally in January. And then I was just catching up with work. And I haven't finished designing our house. It's also super disappointing to me that everything in terms of furniture has gone up 30% from when I really was on a big design kick a year ago before the holidays. And so that same marble dining table that I would have paid $2,500 for back last October is now like five, six thousand dollars. And I just can't stomach it. I just can't pull the trigger. And anyway, so my daughter wanted to have this party. And I said, fine. So we're having a party, right? But of course we kept pushing it because of vacations and because of back to school and because of whatever. And then we were going to have it last week. And so we're going to have it in through three days, two, three days, three days. We're going to have it in three days. And I'm trying to wrap everything up for maternity leave. And I'm trying to um, 
you know, get the business affairs in order so that way I can hand it off, trying to get my personal affairs in order so that I don't have to like pay a massive bills and all this stuff. I can just like, everything's pretty much ready for me to relax for a couple months. And that's been very hard to do, very challenging. So many things have popped up that I could not control that are very time consuming. And the last thing I have the energy to do is host a freaking party because my house is pretty empty. It doesn't have a lot of fun things for kids at this time. And so, you know, might as well invite all of our new Connecticut friends, invite some Westchester friends and make my daughter feel more excited. Well, all of a sudden last week, she decided she hates the baby, doesn't want the baby to come. She and her brother are now reunified in the fact that they hate the baby. She doesn't want the party. I've already sent out the invitations. I don't want the party. I am stressed to the max. The idea of like having to, well, let me be clear. A lot of you are saying, Betsy, just have a party. It's okay. Nobody expects blah, 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 blah. And you would be wrong. Everybody expects an interior designer's home to be magazine ready at all times. And that is just not the case with my current house in my current state. I've been overwhelmed. I, anyway, but I have to get it there or at least partially there because a lot of these Connecticut people and Westchester people have never even been to our new house. And, you know, I'm big as a house and I'm tired. But the whole reason I'm bringing this up is because there is nothing like planning a party or an event or having people over to get your booty in gear and get those design things that you've been wanting to do, thinking about in motion. So I have ordered the plants. I have ordered the handyman to come. I have ordered art. I just pulled the trigger on some things. I still can't pull the trigger on that marble dining table. I just can't. I know I'm going to have to, but whatever. But I've been very aggressive about making decisions. And I know that ultimately that will make my family happier because we'll look even more settled than we do now. It'll make me happier because fewer people will judge me on Saturday for being like a bad designer who doesn't have a house done. And then, you know, it's kind of forced nesting for this maternity leave. But I just wanted to say that it's a lot of pressure. So if you're feeling pressure, if you've been putting off design decisions, you know, maybe don't have a lot of people over, maybe don't throw a mock baby shower that now nobody wants. But maybe think about a way in a smaller forum to have people over to push you to make those decisions, to finalize your project, or at least make really good progress. Because sometimes we just need that deadline. We need some kind of artificial finish line to get us to run a little bit faster. And I've certainly found that to be my situation. I'm really excited that I'm making these decisions and really excited that I have this kind of extreme deadline, but it's just a really bad time because I'm so tired. I'm so tired and I have 60 other things to do and now nobody wants it. And, you know, what can you do? What can you do? Maybe we'll have an anti-baby party. I don't know. But the idea of buying like balloons and streamers is just overwhelming (laughs) when I have bigger fish to fry. Okay, so let's dig into your questions. Uh, Yeah, without further ado, I'm going to reach into my mailbag and get to some of your dilemmas. So my first letter comes from Jess, and she's writing from Rotunda, West Florida. 
She writes, hi, Betsy. I am looking for help to get some ideas for my room. I want to get new chairs. These are too high back and they're very worn. And also a new rug and a side table. The one large wall is a mystery to me. I'm a coastal girl with a, I guess, transitional clean aesthetic. I hate my lights as they look too farmhouse. They're builder placed. Do I need two side tables flanking the couch? Yes. The ugly TV wall. Perhaps add art and it needs to be lowered, maybe placed over the console. Also, the windows do need some type of treatment. The sliders are corner sliding door. Thank you for your time. Well, Jess, I don't see any question marks to speak of in your letter, but I do hear a lot of confusion. So I think what you want me to do is look over these pictures and give you some advice about what to do next. And that, of course, I'm always happy to do. So let's review these pictures together. So those of you who aren't watching us on YouTube, and if you want to see these pictures on YouTube, you just go to Affordable Interior Design's YouTube channel. But those of you who aren't watching can get a better sense of what's going on. So uh, the room looks very complete in many ways. There are two leather chairs sort of on a diagonal. Um, and then there's a sofa in the middle of that. Looks to be a wooden coffee table or maybe a woven coffee table, but it's wood toned opposite the sofa or in front of the sofa. Oh, yes, it looks woven. And then we've got a wooden TV console that's kind of carved and has like some nice detailing on the doors. Above that, we have the TV. The sofa, by the way, is like a cream slip cover, which feels very Florida and coastal to me. And then it opens up into the dining area, which appears to be a glass table with bamboo chairs. I actually like the bamboo chair vibe, especially for Florida. Um, the only thing I might do because the brown is bringing me down is maybe paint them a color. Uh, you know, it also opens into the kitchen that has white cabinets with like a taupe and gray countertop. And then behind the glass table and chairs, we've got a sort of nautical landscape painting. And above that, we do have farmhouse style light fixtures. There's no doubt that those are definitely reading sort of farmhousey. And then, yes, there is a big blank wall, which we'll talk about because technically it's not all that blank. There appear to be several switches on that wall as well as an outlet, as well as a little black thing. I can't tell what that is. But, you know, even if a wall doesn't appear to have any artwork or any decor on it, we do want to think about the architectural elements that it has because we will not be able to cover those up. We will have to work around them if they are actual switches and outlets that you use. So they do serve as visual clutter the more you pile on this wall. Just want to tell you that. And then you mentioned that the TV wall feels quite ugly to you. And I would say, it to me, it feels pretty full. You have a plant on the left-hand side of the console, as well as a basket. And then on the right, are those speakers? What's going on? Maybe it's a subwoofer. And then you have that angled leather armchair. So for me, it's not the TV wall that feels blank. 
It's more the wall that's opposite the sliding door that leads to that open kitchen that feels problematic. All right, so let's talk about the chairs. So the chairs that you're mentioning that feel too high back and worn, I imagine you're referring to the leather chairs, in which case I can't tell about the wear, but I can tell you that this leather club chair is not giving me a coastal vibe. It's not even giving me what you mentioned as your style, that transitional clean vibe. They feel kind of bulky, and so I do think it's a good idea to get something different. Now, I'm not convinced that these are too high-backed. They don't look that high-backed to me, but I could see doing like a swivel bucket chair in, say, a navy that would pull the colors from the rug as well as from your accent pillows and that large nautical landscape art. So I think making these chairs a pop of color would be really inviting because right now we have a lot of this wood tone. Whether it's the blades of the ceiling fan, the TV stand, the woven coffee table, or the bamboo chairs, there's just a ton of mid-tone wood. Uh, In terms of the light fixtures, the ones that look too farmhouse for me are the linear pendant above the dining table, the entryway semi-flush mount, and a semi-flush mount means it doesn't touch the ceiling exactly. It does have like a canopy, which is that circular or rectangular piece that's actually touching the ceiling and concealing the cords. But then it has some kind of drop, whether it's a chain or rods that doesn't go as low as, say, a a chandelier, but brings it down, you know, between 10 and 14 inches. That's like a semi-flush. And then you have some pendants above the kitchen peninsula. All of those are from the same series, or they're just kind of iterative, right? They all look exactly alike, but in different shapes. And I think they don't align with your aesthetic, especially because they're like a gray washed wood. And none of the wood that you're featuring here is that. And I would like to see that they wouldn't be matching. Like this is a matching set linear pendants in my flesh, mini pendants above the, um, Island. So it's just way too matchy matchy. And I would love to see some new elements. So, for instance, in the living room, we don't have anything glass. So, if you were thinking about doing in tables or thinking about changing out that semi flush, I think glass would be a beautiful option. You also have not utilized stone. So, when I'm looking at a room and trying to decide, I'm going to add a new element with the light fixture, I want to add a new element with these end tables. When I'm evaluating a room like that, I think about what elements I haven't already used. We've got too much brown, so there's going to be no more wood tone. There's going to be no more brown tones in terms of additional woven things or anything like that. And then, you know, we could do a painted end table, right? Or we could do um, a light fixture that is glass because this area features no glass. We could do an end table that's glass, but we just always want to be mindful that we're mixing and matching and using additional materials so that the room looks complex but cohesive. Because when we're selecting that glass semi-flush or when we're selecting that painted wood end table, we're selecting it through the lens of our two-word phrase. Does it feel clean? Does it feel transitional? Now, I think you have the wrong two-word phrase for this space because there is clearly a coastal element that you are 
not bringing up. Uh, and you're clearly drawn to that and it makes total sense for your area. So I think your two word phrase is very off and I think it will lead you down the wrong path when you're selecting new items. So I would make sure to find something that maybe goes more along the lines with of the coastal vibe. Um, so revisit that two word phrase. And then in terms of do you need two tables flanking the couch, the question is, will it leave room for ample walkways when you do that? So it's not about like, do I need to make things look symmetrical? Because the answer is always no. Sometimes symmetry makes total sense, like in a traditional space or even a transitional space. Symmetry can be nice in really any space. But it is not an obligation in any style. So what I would want to know is if you do flank this floating couch that's in the middle of the space that leads to the slider, that leads to the kitchen, that leads to the dining area, if you do flank it with two end tables, do you have enough room to walk around? Is it impeding the flow? And because we're going to be walking around these end tables all the time, I would consider doing something with rounded edges so that way I don't feel like I'm going to bump my thigh on the end table when I take a corner. So these are all things to think about. And in terms of the window treatments, which I think is the last thing that we haven't tackled, you know, I'm only seeing one window in here in the dining room, which is opposite the sliders. Now the sliders are in an L shape and um, kind of meet in a corner with a no sheetrock. It's just that metal framing. And if you don't need privacy, I wouldn't treat them because they go out into a lanai. Is that what it's called in Florida? I've watched a lot of Golden Girls, so I'm just going to assume it's the lanai that has a beautiful pool. And I am so jealous. I'm so jealous of this pool. Uh, I am a water baby for sure. But I only see one window, and that's opposite the dining table. And does it need a treatment? Yes. I think a rod with two drapes would be beautiful. It's already got the white slatted blinds, so just a nice long rod and then two drapes outside would be quite nice. But I would leave the sliders alone because that's going to be a lot of fabric and a lot to tackle unless you really desperately need that privacy. So there we go. I think we've answered a lot of your questions, Jess, and I think you're in the right direction with a lot of this stuff. It's just time to get a lot of clarity on your vision for the space and then swap some of these pieces out, double checking that the new pieces align with the two-word phrase you've decided to commit to. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, Beautifying Your Home for Less, Styling Your Home, and The Fundamentals of Feng Shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock-filled with visuals and tips, things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. 
And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. All right, my next question comes from Penny. Penny is writing from the UK and Penny... I have to take deep breaths because my lungs are totally squished and I'm going to need to have a quick sip of ice water because you know what? It's not ice water. It's ice water. I put like ice in everything all the way up to the top and then I add a little bit of water or a little bit of milk or a little bit of juice, but I just cannot drink anything cold enough. And in my normal life, when I'm not pregnant, I hate ice, like two cubes max, I love room temp, not with this reflux. The only thing that squelches the flames is just a pile of big old ice cubes. So here we go. Now I'm able to go on, Penny. Now I'm able to tackle your question. Okay, you're right. Hi, Betsy. Thanks for asking my, answering, excuse me, my previous bathroom question. I've taken your feedback and will send you photographs once it's complete. You said you were looking for more questions, so here goes. This room is our guest play office room. Some days a week I use it for working from home. In the evenings and weekends, it becomes a playroom, and occasionally when we have people visiting, we use it as a guest room. I feel like this room is functional but missing something. Any thoughts would be appreciated. Thank you for your wonderful podcast. I always learn something new and have a giggle. I hope the rest of your pregnancy goes well and you have a happy, healthy baby when the time comes. Thank you, Penny, because I've been really freaking out. You know, you get to this place where I've been pregnant for so long that the pregnancy is no big deal. But now the idea of actually having a baby in my house is freaking me out. And I shared earlier that my kids are not happy with having this baby. And I have to admit, sometimes I'm not either. I'm so overwhelmed. I can't even imagine... I mean, I can't imagine I did it twice before, but what my life is going to look like and how things are going to change and I'm overwhelmed and freaking out. So um, it helps to put things in perspective when you're like, just let her be healthy and everything else will fall into place. So I appreciate that reminder, Penny. I really do. All right, let's look at what you're working with here and we'll see what's missing in this room. Okay, so just to describe it to the listeners... This room does appear to have a little bit of an identity crisis. You mentioned guest, play, office, and yeah, you know, sometimes when rooms try and do everything, they don't do any one thing very well. You have like an Ikea, it looks to be Ikea, daybed. Uh, it looks very similar to the Hemnes daybed that they sell here in the States. Next to, like right next to, a dark Parsons style table. And by Parsons, I mean like just a tabletop with four legs and that you're using as a desk. And it's like in a black brown wood with a white drawer system underneath. And the day bed happens to be white. Above the desk area, there's a shelf, a floating shelf with some pictures as well as some storage. Above the day bed, there is a circular mirror that has a brass frame. Now that's all tight. And by tight, I mean, there's not an inch to spare between the wall, between the furniture pieces. That is all on one of the shortest walls in the room, it appears. 
And then as we pan through the other pictures, you have this wall that's perpendicular to the wall that I just described that is big and white and blank, save a small yellow clock. And then as we go around the room, the next wall perpendicular to that holds the entry door as well as an indentation for a hymnus or not hymnus. No, no, no. This is a calyx style bookcase from Ikea with the square cubbies a lot of people might be familiar with, with a TV on top. And then, you know, I can't see that last wall. So it appears that it has a window based on the reflection from the mirror, but that perspective for me is missing. I can still give you advice without it. But basically what you have done is you have pushed all the furniture up against two walls, leaving you with, I suppose, the window wall, relatively blank, and the window opposite the window wall, very blank. To me, this is a problem. Everything just looks shoved, and then there's this big empty center with this kind of gray or off-white carpeting that goes wall to wall. So what I think you need to do is, first of all, create a two-word phrase for this space and also pick an inspiration piece because right now the color palette is being driven by this myriad toy situation. Uh, We've got like a pale green bin, a light blue bin. We've got, you know stuffed animals and colorful books and a kid cash register. And it's all very conspicuous, which leads me to believe that this is primarily a kid's space. And you know, what I do like to think about is what is this room primarily? What do we really need it to function as and do? And it seems to me that we definitely want to focus on the play area. That's what it looks most like just from these images. And then maybe the work is the secondary function and the um, guest spot is more of the afterthought that's already being accomplished with the day bed and with the TV. So I think we don't really have to worry about the guest component and we should really just function, think about the functions of the office and the play area. And I would love to see you start by reconfiguring this layout because I think it is quite problematic to have the day bed and the desk, the two largest functions in this space, on the same wall, so crunched. And when I open the door that's opposite that crunched wall, it's the first impression I have of the room. It looks very disjointed and it really you know, is a mishmash of styles and visions. So I want you to choose a primary function and decorate with that primary function in mind. Then the other thing we have to consider that's always on my mind, if we're working at this desk, we need to ideally, depending on the type of work that you do, have a good Zoom background. So if I'm trying to look professional and yet I'm working in a kid's playroom, I want to make sure that what's behind me is not, you know, the colorful school bus and the blocks and the books. Instead, I want to have a more professional type background. And of course, I also don't want to have that window behind me because it will really create an issue with the lighting when I have sun streaming in from behind me. People won't be able to see my face. 
So either you treat that window with some better drapes, because right now I can only get a sneak peek, but they just appear to be gray and flat, or you do something with the desk so that you're facing the window, which is ideal, because then you'll get that beautiful sunlight glow. So the main issue I'm seeing here, the riddle I want you to solve, the thing I never solve for people because I follow a systematic process each time and, you know, it can be a little bit lengthy, but is evaluating the floor plan, you know, figuring out which functions are most important, prioritizing those in terms of a list moving the most important one around the room, trying every possible option, then layering in the secondary and third priorities so that you can see the possibilities in the space before locking in. Because for me, the first issue with this room is the layout. The second issue with this room is the lack of cohesive two-word phrase. And the third issue with this room is the lack of cohesive color palette via use of an inspiration piece. So once you've determined the layout, once you've determined the two-word phrase, I want you to pick an inspiration piece and then start making some new choices in terms of, say, the drapes, in terms of, say, artwork behind the daybed or even bedding for the daybed that embraces the color palette you've chosen. So you do have some work to do here, but I have confidence that if you followed my advice before, Penny, in your bathroom, you can do it again in this play guest office room. I hope that's been helpful. And guys, it's always such a pleasure to be back with you. Until next time. Bye. You've asked for it and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.